Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a gardening boy and a man who is very, very excited to be getting a new tattoo. Dan Masters, who my good friend, the founder and president of the Leon Dreisaitl Fan Club, and a man who will now have to watch Arsenal qualify for European games the proper way. Will every human, Will, how do? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very confused at the moment, Dan. <laughs> very confused. Why is about... this? Why well, is this? Well, what's, what, what the fuck's going on? Do you know what I mean? Like... Football, hockey, world politics at large, like it's everything's just getting more and more fucking confusing every goddamn day. Like how Luckily, how the <laughs> go on. Go on. Say, so, so all right, this, the European Super League has been a floated idea for about five hundred years. And it's always been battered away as like, no, that'd never work, yada yada yada, fans wouldn't stand for it, this, that and the other, UEFA wouldn't stand for it, etc. etc. And then suddenly, like what, what was it, Friday, Saturday? Sunday was it as late as Sunday? It was what day is it today? Wednesday? No, it was Monday. It was Monday. Monday. Fucking Christ! So Monday they announced bam, twelve of uh, extreme italics, the biggest clubs in Europe. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, have I got something to say about that? But go on. Hell. There, there are some clubs that I understand why they're so keen to be involved in this scheme. Um, suddenly, oh, we're both so thinking of the, the ex- we're both thinking of the exact same one. I know we are. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a fucking laundry list of clubs in that initial 12 that it's like yeah fair well, play fair to you mate I fucking, fucking I'd, I'd love it <laughs> we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves suddenly come out with this fucking signed treaty of like yeah bam Super League's coming and then everyone's like nah you're unsurprisingly massive fan backlash uh, massive backlash from UEFA, from the FA, from the f- fucking players, like FIFA. FIFA did FIFA get involved? This is it. This is what I'm yeah, talking yeah. About. FIFA been, said the same thing. It's been so much going on. That it's like, what the fuck is actually happening? Like we're talking about banning players from the World Cup if they play in this European Super League, and then all of what thirty six hours later. Basically, everyone, all the English teams have pulled out. Atletico have pulled out. Uh, Juventus have pulled out. Well, the yeah. Juventus owner, who was one of the guys behind it, has said that without the English teams, it's nothing. So that's it. It's dead. It's done. There's nothing. Ha- it's not happening. That's it. Geezers are getting sacked left, right, and centre. And there's uh, fucking people like Ian Wright's come out and saying Cronky out, the owner of Arsenal, and Ian Wright for anyone. Un- <laughs> anyone who follows this NHL podcast, funnily enough, might not know who Ian Wright is. Absolute Arsenal legend, like the most vocal member of like the Arsenal alumni, arguably. Here's a question. What we'll do is because this will this will keep link this will keep link into hockey because there was a somebody had a tweet this week in hockey that I wanted to bring up, which is a really something we discussed before, but an interesting point in regards to the European Super League in footy. Whose hockey is Ian Wright? So it's a it's a beloved player for a franchise who can pretty much do no wrong. Well, like, the thing with Ian Wright is like he's unabashedly like died in the wool an Arsenal fan. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he yeah. is so genuine in his love for the club that, yeah. When when I when I brought him up secondly, I was trying to think on the spot of like who who is a comparison. I, I guess it's something like like Bergeron or someone like that. The fans love yeah, them. But... He loves the fans. He loves the team. You can't imagine him. I mean, I know he played in different. You know, he might like Bergeron might end up playing somewhere else in his career. I doubt, like Ian Wright played in a few other places, but he is Arsenal. Yeah, That's like it. Due, There's no due, other. Doesn't matter where he played. Due respect to Palace, he is he is Arsenal. I think. Yeah, he's Arsenal. It comes back to that age old issue we have with comparing um, superstars across sports when involving hockey 
there isn't an Ian Wright equivalent because that kind of personality doesn't exist in hockey, or we're not aware of that kind of personality. I, I That's don't. Not a bad point. I don't think. I think yeah, there are there are players like like yeah, like your Bergerons. Um, I don't know, fucking Ryan Getzlaff, like your fucking Henrik Zetterberg's, like your one club men. Or they're even, both, even yeah, they're both good examples. Even like Joe Thornton, I think, you know, as much as he's in Toronto now and he started in Boston, he is he is San Jose. Joe Thornton yeah. might be the closest you can get, but it's missing that key ingredient that Wrighty has of being so vocal and passionate about his love for the club itself and and with this latest thing with him coming out against Cronky and, and Cronky Sports Entertainment and their ownership of Arsenal. You ain't ever going to have that kind of level of um, fanatical criticism of the club, of, of a hockey club with a hockey player, I don't think. So I, I don't no, necessarily the think there is any comparison. But to be fair as well, not just Ian Wright, Gary Neville was slating United, yeah, yeah, Jamie, yeah, Carragher yeah. Was slating Liverpool, Jamie Carragher was slating Liverpool, so every all these dyed-in-the-wool legends of these teams were slating the owners of their own team, who they are completely synonymous with and totally beloved. Yeah, which is which is what makes it even more mad. Like that Gary Neville um, soliloquy on, on Monday Night Football was fucking madness. Like he'd just come off of commentating. Was it, was it Leeds Liverpool he did? He just came off commentating and he comes on to like the, uh, the studio show after... After the game, and he's just ranting and raving about this plan for for the European uh, Super League, and rightly so, and rightly so. It's and yeah, power to Neville, power to Carragher, obviously rightly as well, coming out and being so vocal against against their own clubs and, and demanding better, which is what you want to see. Like I'm not a big Gary Neville fan on or off the pitch, but you've you've got to respect him, and I think he does seem to be a pretty decent bloke, and at least have have similar ideals that match up with with the fans for for footy and the Premier League. And just quickly, for those of you who don't know, the idea was was that there were 12 spread to 15, and I'll get onto my own team in this as well in a minute, spread to 15 teams that were going to be the founding 15 teams in a European Super League. And it was basically an idea to replace the Champions League, that these 15 teams would then go into a Super League, they'd play once a week, in the Super League, as well as their own leagues, but they could never be relegated. There'd be no promotion, no nothing. They would never lose their spots. And every year, only five teams could then jump into it, which everybody pointed out related to American sports. And we've said a million times on this podcast, there is no punishment for being shit at hockey. There's no punishment. The punishment is, oh great, now you get a really good player. That's the punishment. Teams will actively try to be bad to get the best players. In football, you can't do that because there's a very serious chance that your team will cease to exist. There's a very serious chance that your team will just disappear from recognition and nobody will care anymore. And then before you know it, they're playing in front of, I don't know, a thousand fans instead of playing in front of 25,000 fans. And it absolutely, absolutely happens. And that's what the owners, and to be honest, a lot of the owners have ties to American sports. So they must have looked at it and thought, how the fuck can we guarantee that we keep making money? Because over here in over here in England in soccer, we can we could actually lose money. This doesn't make any sense. What if we're bad? And Liverpool, especially, and Man United, who for the past few years, they they were the kind of stalwarts of English football, and sort of they got caught up to by other teams. 
and sort of started to lose their ground and lose their place. So their owners, who are Man United's owners, are the Glazers, who own the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well as others. And Liverpool's owners are, is it FSG they're yeah, called? But the guys who own, uh, yeah, Fairway Sports Group, that's it, who obviously own the Boston Red Sox and, you know, loads of other teams in and around there. So they must have been looking at American sports thinking, why don't we just do something like this then, where we can never lose our place? And yeah, that was the, that was the plan, basically. And uh, as well said, fucking <laughs> hell. I'm not. I can't remember last time I saw a backlash like this about anything. Anything. Oh <laughs> not even. God. There's like there's world issues going on. There's Christ. I'm not making a joke out of this, but there are there are women being murdered by police officers, and then candlelight vigils being held for this woman who was murdered by a police officer, and there were still people on the side of the police saying, "Well, you know, I mean, it's still a tough job." There wasn't this level of vitriol for that. That's how important sort of football is in this country. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts. And that, but that was the plan basically. That was the idea. Was that let's try and make a thing where we don't lose any money. We scrap relegation, promotion, all that kind of thing. And these fifteen teams are just in because they're always in. And it's it's a combination of of keeping that revenue by not being relegated and taking that sort of risk out of it and it's in i would my understanding is it's an attempt to secure even more of a slice of the european pie because in theory by breaking away from the champions league because you know ultimately as much as teams like united teams like arsenal uh what's the ac milan uh barcelona are going this fucking way are not performing to the level that those badges expect you to perform at they are still enough of a draw that if you take those 12 teams out of the Champions League and then have an alternate option with those teams in on the same nights of the week as the Champions League, you are ultimately going to hobble the Champions League product. They And they know that. They know that 100%. So they would end up getting a, their, their own sort of more secured uh, private TV deal. You know, without the risk of like, oh, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, then we don't get a part of the Champions League pie. So I know if we just make the Champions League our own fucking club, then we get all of the pie, which is which is fucking mental. And that, as I was saying earlier, I completely understand why clubs like Arsenal, clubs like Tottenham, clubs like United and AC Milan, arguably all of the Italian teams, quite frankly, would be so eager for that model because we've seen just how much those those clubs can slip. And I was I was saying to my dad yesterday, because um, yeah, yeah, massive, massive Arsenal fan, always has been. The the thing with the Super League founding twelve is it's it's neither one nor the other. It's not the twelve best teams in Europe at the moment or of the last ten <laughs> years. I'll say, <laughs> and it and it ain't the twelve most historic teams in European football. I'll say it's like right. We got a cup. We got okay. Yeah, we are. Oh, we got we got Milan. We got Juve. Oh, we got United. Oh, we got Real Madrid and Barca. Right, where's where's Ajax? Where's fucking where's Porto? Where's Leon? Where's Marseille? Like, where, no no French teams. No, where's Bayern Munich? Where's where's the fucking rest of it? Now oh, we got we got Tottenham. Got we got well, Man City are really good at the moment. We got Man City, Chelsea uh, were good in two thousand and nine. We still got them. It's, it's a fucking it's a farce. It's an utter farce. I did love all the jokes along the lines of, "Well, hang on a minute. 
Ipswich Town have won more cha- <laughs> Ipswich Town have won more European trophies than City and Arsenal combined. Nottingham Forest have won the Champions League twice. Why aren't they included? If you go in history, why aren't they included? They're two times Champions oh League winners. God. They they should be there, surely. We will pivot this into hockey in a second, I promise. <laughs> the the, o- the only time we've list. been truly <laughs> apologetic for not talking about hockey off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> So if, we, if we're just talking about some nonsense like serial killers or whatever, that's fine. Getting deep into the weeds on the European Super League. Oh, sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no, because we are, we, can, we are going to pivot this as well. We are, I need people to know that we're not just going to do an hour on it. Dude, we could do 25 hours on this. Fucking Seriously, hell. it's fucking, it's amazing and hilarious and so fucking nuts. But when I was reading down that list and I was like, United, well, yeah, Liverpool, all right, they're having a bad season, but it makes sense. Man City, yeah, they're part of the Super... Tottenham, what? <laughs> Fucking! I could not. I could. I nearly. I nearly did a literal raffle at Tottenham Hotspur in the fucking European Super League. Are you fucking nuts? I was going to come on here because when I they were the last team I read. When I read Arsenal, I was going to come on here and give you shit, and then I saw Tottenham, and I, I kind of went, "Oh no, Tottenham is at least Arsenal have done something." <laughs> fucking Tottenham! For those of you who don't know, imagine they did an NHL Super League. And that the 10 best teams said, okay, yeah, we're part of the NHL Super League. We're going to break away. And then one of those teams was fucking... Do, 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 do. Nah, come on, we can think about this. We can think... Nashville. Nashville. Oh, oh. Inspired. Absolutely Thank inspired. You. That's fucking... Thank yeah. you. It's like the original six, then like Tampa, uh, Pittsburgh... Fucking uh, yeah, Philly, Washington. Well, yeah, Washington and Nashville, and oh, then Nashville. Fucking be, NHL fans are looking at that going, why the fucking Nashville in there? That's Tottenham. <sighs> that's the Tottenham comparison. Because you oh, could make that's... arguments. Well, surely Detroit. Should, yeah, not Detroit. Surely, um, oh God, who's Car- Carolina? Like, should be in there. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, like teams that are kind of on the rise now and have been good now for a few years. Well, why aren't Carolina in there? Why are Why are Nashville in there over Carolina? That doesn't make any sense. That that's Tottenham. If if I'm a Villa fan and I I come to that news on Monday and I see Tottenham in there, like, why oh, you fucking bastards? <laughs> <laughs> fucking West Ham, right? Yeah, the, exactly. The, the list goes on, and and the fact that the list goes on is the beauty of football. That is the beauty of football. Like as much as you know, Ipswich Town and Forest and teams like having a grand history and now, you know, toiling away in the lower leagues, no disrespect to the championship in the league one. That is part of the beauty. You know, we don't want to see those historic clubs dropping down there, but that's how it is. The fact that those historic teams have been able to fall from grace means that teams like like your Bournemouths, like your Burnleys have been able to come up and, and have their moment in the sun. And that's the fucking, that's the beauty of it. And you end up with like the driving force behind like, a lot of teams needing to get better or stay on top of their game, or some teams maybe didn't get the memo, but that, like you said earlier, <laughs> that constant threat of like, you could fucking disappear if you don't keep on, on top of your shit. That's the that's the beauty of it. That really is. That is the, it's the only, it's the only thing that kind of, Actually, you know, there's two things that irk me about American sports. One I mention all the time is that they call themselves the world champions. That's just fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're the North American champions. Well done. The fact there's no promotion and relegation, I, I just, I find it 
so bizarre. And it would never, ever, ever, ever happen in a billion years. Because as we've as we know, it's it's all about money. And you would never it would never get agreed on, ever. The owners would never ever agree on it. Because like we've said, there are teams who have found themselves close to going out of business. And I'm not talking about the kind of I mean, I guess like Pittsburgh wouldn't be a bad example when Mario took over because they were that kind of they were kind of going that way. But I just don't believe it would have ever happened. Whereas in footy, it's legitimately right there. You can see T like Berry. They have literally been in the they were in the football league for a hundred and something years. They have disappeared, and and just that's it. They've now had to start again from the lowest level of English football, which is nine levels down from the Premier League. I mean, can you imagine trying to start a hockey franchise if there's promotion and relegation, and a team that's just mismanaged? Or, I mean, Ottawa would be a perfect example. Don't get any fans don't really make any kind of splashes, haven't got the money. The owner's a bit of a, you know, the owner's a complete joke. They never seem to do much. They would vanish and disappear. They would. If this if this system was in place, Ottawa would cease to exist and they'd have to start again. And if you can imagine them starting again in the, you know, like the fucking Ottawa men's beer league or something, because that's the lowest level. It's that kind of thing. Which is why sometimes, you know, when you see fans going nuts and stuff, you just think, well, you'll be back next year, it's fine. You'll be playing again next year, don't worry about it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Oh no, we've got this fucking hotshot player coming out of the uh, out of the draft. Oh, how terrible for us. Whereas there are 40 players who are, okay, well now I have to go part-time because the club can't afford to pay me as a professional. That's how dire it gets. Yeah, and, and who... <laughs> it, 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 it's such a funny thing though, isn't it? Because on paper... For for like the the American model as you want to call it, like for even bad teams, it's perpetual hope. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. worst the worst yeah. thing to be as a as an American fan is middling, because you don't necessarily have the hope of like, well, we're not going to get a high draft pick, and we're not going to go far in the playoffs. What's the point? But yeah, like you say, as as, as a footy fan, like yeah, who <laughs> who doesn't want to be like a Newcastle fan? Who doesn't want to have that constant fear of like? shit could go south any fucking second and it could keep going until, yeah, I, I'm down on fucking, yeah, down on the marshes watching watching the, the bad guys <laughs> play on in a Sunday league team. But it is, it's just such a, the thing that people keep calling back to is is the final theft of football from the working classes, which, I mean, Christ, when you look at the players, in, sorry, the owners as players involved in setting up the ESL, like, yeah, that's fucking one hundred percent. Yeah, like not to not to get too xenophobic or jingoistic, jingoistic about it, but for the English clubs at least, it reeks of big money American owners coming in, either meddling too much and not not for the better, not knowing what they're doing, either the Glazers, or not not doing fucking anything, just putting money in and not even that much money at a time, a la Stan Kroenke. And then saying, mm, actually, don't really like how this is running because it's not working for us. Let's move to, you know, your, your NHL, your NFL, your MLB style thing. And it's the sort of thing of, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, I don't think. As much as all the clubs have turned around and said, all right, we won't do it. That's a big thing. That's a seismic event to have happened to announce it with such intent. If we did end up going to that kind of model, the American model for top flight footy in Europe or even just in this country that starts off such a such a domino effect such a slippery slope of well then are we looking at 
feeder clubs are we then looking at what's the what's the um what's the hierarchy in the setup for the other clubs around Europe who aren't in the European Super League how does that work for them especially if the clubs then stop competing in their own domestic uh competitions it's I don't think the problem is going away straight away unless we somehow oust all of FSG, KSE, etc., etc., which will not happen. And yeah, if we end up drifting towards this as a model, like that's going to have such serious damaging ramifications for football that is fucking terrifying. The hockey link to this was the Igor uh, Larianov the second, who's become quite <laughs> brilliantly a, a fantastic Twitter follower straight away. He's just great was asking about there should be, because he obviously understands, you know, he follows footy and, you know, he kind of gets the game and everything. And he just said there should be promotion and relegation in the NHL, between the NHL and the AHL. And he said that the the worst three teams should be relegated to the AHL. (laughs) And then the best three teams in the AHL should come up. And he made it, he did make a compelling point in the sense that, well, these teams are owned sort of usually, not owned by the club, but they they have affiliation with the, the NHL teams anyway. So you're still kind of feeding into the same pot as it were. And then the AHL teams would then get more press and exposure. It would create a bigger sort of pool of, that players could go into. And that was that was the kind of link then around the same time. And I, I understand, again, it's never going to happen, I understand. And it's fantastical to think that. And he even said the same thing. You, you know, it's obviously never going to happen. It's a, a crazy idea. But that was the, that was the link that, uh, yeah, that he had that, that tweet this week. That that the bringing in the relegation and promotion to to hockey via the you know AHL AHL ECHL, you would have to separate those teams from the other teams, isn't it? Like themselves, yeah. I'm not I'm not too familiar with how it works in like Germany and um, Spain and stuff because like the big clubs B teams like feeder farm teams compete in the same league hierarchy, but I don't think. Those they're not teams. allowed to play in the same league. No, exactly. They're not I, allowed I to be that, yeah. to be promoted and relegated. So it's yeah, it's a it's a weird one like that. Because yeah, what <laughs> the fucking um, Toronto Marlies get promoted? And it's like all right, um, all the good Marlies <laughs> players are going to be on the <laughs> Leafs now, and uh, all the bad Leafs are going to be on the Marlies. Like okay, um, cool. But yeah, fucking. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. I'm glad you what? just quickly. I'm glad you brought that up. Hit me if you had if you had a ten team Super League. Okay. And everybody, I heard this mentioned in a couple of places. Everyone mentioned, okay, well, the original six would be in there. You could make an argument that the Leafs are also Tottenham. Because I, I understand, okay, hear me out. They do have a huge following. And they are, I hate it when people say this, that Toronto is the fucking hockey capital. It's the hockey capital because you've made it that way. You've chosen to be in Toronto, and you choose to have your media outlets in Toronto. If every, if <clears throat> excuse me, if TSN and Sportsnet decided to move to Montreal, or decided to move to Quebec City, or decided to move to fucking wherever, fucking Saskatchewan or something, well, now that's the media capital. That's why that's the me- the media capital is Toronto because you've chosen to set up shop in Toronto. It's a self fulfilling prophecy, in my opinion. But the, you could make the argument that, that the Leafs are Tottenham in this situation because. If you had an NHL Super League, how could you say that they deserve to be there when they've not won a Stanley Cup for, what, 67 years, 68 years? And they've not made it past the first round of the playoffs in nearly 20 years. Because you could even make the case, okay, so Detroit, all right, I get it. They're terrible at the moment, but they have a much more storied recent history. Same Chicago. I mean, maybe the Rangers, actually, but then it's New York. Maybe the Rangers and the Leafs could be in the same situation, actually. But then I I think the problem with... um... 
comparing the two is basically every original six team by default has a, a more storied history than say you know, your Tottenham's or your, your Leicester's or whoever it might be just because they've been they've all been around in this already exclusive top flight for a hundred years and there are only fucking six of them even when you go back to like Division 1 in like the early 20th century there was more than six teams playing so like there is more of that history I, I get what you're saying about like recent history but it's such a hard thing where there is already such a defined these are the iconic clubs and they always have been the iconic clubs and they always will be the iconic clubs in the NHL because they don't have the promotional relegation system. So like, yeah, it's a it's a rough one, but I, it's, it's just one where you really cannot make the comparison at all because they're already entrenched in this system as it is. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And you know what? I think I should wind it back because my Nashville Tottenham comparison was perfect, and I yeah, should just that, leave that as it is. Don't fucking muddy the waters there. <laughs> don't mess that with was, that. that. Don't was, mess with that. What? Inspired. <laughs> Absolutely inspired. Fucking hell! What a weird week. Jesus Christ! All right, we're getting some more weirdness in a sec. Should we? Should we start the show? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Your first stars of the week this week are Dustin Tokarski, who, yes, exactly, he stops pucks apparently, and Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Centre RN Michaela Pistorius, who fought her own battle with cancer as a patient at Roswell three years ago and completed her education upon finishing treatment and then began working at Roswell, where she spent the past year caring for patients in designated COVID-19 space. She's a lifelong Sabres fan. She loves Rob Ray and Jason Pommelville. They were her personal favourites. But fucking shout out to you, Michaela. Overcoming cancer and then going to be a fucking nurse is fucking inspiring. Yeah, that's that's fucking that's fairy tale shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Overcoming, getting through through cancer and then working, you know, dedicating your life to working at the facility that helped you and and passing it on. Like fucking how how um how altruistic Amazing. do you need to be, Michaela? Fucking leave yeah. a bit of good press for the rest of us. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> Fucking hats off, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, fucking hell, Michaela. Shout out to you, you're a legend. All right. As always, Two Bits on Puck, brought to you by the fine folks at Wave Intel. Jason, the head cheese over there, this week debuted the Bowman chart. A very simple to read chart that shows your team's results in five game chunks, so you can digest it easier than a British man digests a biscuit dunked in his tea. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. I'm on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, and anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a review, helps a lot, and tell a friend if you like us. Okay. Let's go on to another, I'll put this in quotes, legend, as Patrick Marlowe breaks Gordie Howe's record for most NHL games played. Fucking hell, I don't know where to go with this. I, I was all one way. And then I was kind of all back the other way. And now I do find myself in the middle. I'll start because I feel like I have to get this out there kind of quickly. It's a fucking unbelievable achievement. It's unbelievable that in 1997, if you just said to somebody, this guy, this guy is still going to be playing in the league in 24 years, you'd have laughed your head off. In 1997, 
Could you imagine a guy who was drafted in 1973 and then you saying to somebody, oh, in 1997, he'll still be playing. You'd be thinking, there's no fucking way. There's a fair chance he'll be dead by then because that's just what happened. <laughs> like, But part of me just doesn't like it. Part of me just isn't... It's not uncomfortable. I'm going to get hate for this. I know I am. And I... Thankfully, I've heard a couple of other people say this who've got completely slated. And if you want to slate me, that's perfectly fine. I am not saying it's not impressive what he's done. It's so fucking impressive to to dedicate yourself to, you know, fucking, I can barely finish a fucking video game these days, well, let alone dedicate 25 years or something I enjoy doing to, to that kind of time. <laughs> it's so impressive that what he's done to keep himself able to play, to not get injured, to to be able to get called back to play because there are times where there's there's loads of players who've played 1100 games or 1200 games or whatever at some point you stop getting the phone calls that say yeah can you come back this year we'd like you to come back and i get part of it is maybe because he was so close to the record and he's such a sharks legend that they said okay then but part of me's kind of uncomfortable with it because you can literally list patrick marlowe's accomplishments in hockey on the back of a stamp i don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm with you on, you know, congrats to Patrick Marlowe. Like that, it is very impressive. Like anyone, anyone who plays even a thousand games, five hundred games, whatever, let alone seventeen hundred and sixty-eight regular season games. Power to him. One hundred percent power to him. The thing for me. <laughs> thing, I loved your pause. Thing for me. <laughs> I went steaming in. You had to take a pause. I love it. So. 24 years. Amazing. Congratulations, Patrick. 97 to 2021. Amazing. Amazing. Is it 1946 to 1980, though? I don't think it is. I don't think it's 34 years, is it? And if we're looking at the totality of it, when you, you know, all, all professional hockey games, um, which I think we, why are we excluding playoff games from it? Like, it's, it's mental. Marlo, yeah, that's odd. One thousand nine hundred sixty-three and counting. Fantastic, really great. Gordie Howe, two thousand four hundred twenty-one games. Like the geese are still five hundred games behind him, and it's it's such a oh you know the the kicker for me. If Ovi does the Gretzky record, it'll be so many. Yeah, this that and the other. Oh, I wasn't the same. Blah blah blah. Gretzky's a fucking. He's Canadian. Ovi's a Russian, so he's a fucking cheater. Whatever. It's <laughs> the most. The maximum number of games Gordy Howe could have played for most seasons was seventy. So for for Marlow, he's already got like a fucking twelve game a year head start on him. Which yeah, it's not. It's not Marlow's fault or anything. But <sighs> I do still kind of think we need to acknowledge that like Gordie Howe still because there's a chance that as as time goes by like Howe's achievements could end up being kind of swept under the rugs like you just you some kid in 2045 is gonna be like oh who's who's played the most games in NHL history oh Patrick Marlowe cool oh some guy from the 1950s also played a load too that's really cool when really it should be like now Gordie Howe was he's Mr. Fucking Hockey for God's sake. His nickname's Mr. Hockey. And I, I know I know Literally the coolest nickname, Mr. We, Hockey. We kind of tend to 
skew away from like tradition and and being beholden to the past i think which is something i'm uh, yeah is i think is right we should yeah we should be promoting the future of hockey and, and moving on from it but like yeah when it's when it's something as impressive as a geezer who played until he was 51 years fucking old played 34 seasons of 34 years of professional hockey i know he missed a couple of seasons here and there but like yeah man to to fucking take down gordy's plaque and put up yeah, Paddy Marlowe's is like, eh, yeah, it doesn't. So it doesn't sit right with me. Here's a question then. Here's a question: Is he a Hall of Famer? What Gordy Howe? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mister Hockey. <laughs> I think he. I think he should be. Is Patrick Marlowe? He has to be a Hall of Famer now, doesn't he? That's, a, that's the thing that that's the that's the thing that only just makes me slightly. If he'd have stopped playing three years ago, he'd never get into the Hall of Fame ever. See, I, I kind of think that he would have anyway, and in and in for me, I think he he should have. He he played. He if it say he stopped after, say he never signed with the Leafs. Well, no, because he was still handy with the Leafs. Say he stopped after that second Leafs season when he got fucking flipped and bought out. He didn't play last year. Yeah, that would have still been fucking quick maths. Roughly sixteen thousand and sixty games. Yeah. Maybe sixteen hundred. Sixteen. sixteen thousand. He would have played roughly four million games by that point. Yeah, he'd have done roughly. He'd have done roughly sixteen hundred and fifty games. Let's say, give or give or take. Yeah, it's a bit more than that, but that's that's a quick maths. That's still a fucking hell of an achievement. And for for me, with the way that I view the Hall of Fame, fucking get him in there because that's that's a hell of an achievement. And we're not talking about. It's not like he's fucking Sean Thornton or like whoever. You know, he's still a good player. He's still been a, an effective, impressive NHL player for for a lot of his career. Dude, you just kill you just killed your own argument. You're like, yeah, he's a good player, mate. It's the Hall of Fame. I understand yeah, the Hall of Fame is fucking stupid pl- already. I get it. Like, but you can't just be a good player. No, a good player he has that to played, have something that played bare games though. He played like an out. Even if he retired before last season. He'd have played an outrageous number of games, an utterly outrageous number of games, and that still, for me, qualifies him into the Hall of Fame because you should be famous if you've played the second, third, not fourth. for me. How can you be top five all-time games played and not be in the Hall of Fame? That's mental to me. Because, and this is well, this is more an indictment on the Hall of Fame. By what you're saying, I agree he will be in the Hall of Fame because playing that amount of games means you get into the Hall of Fame. But I feel like. When he goes up to collect his fucking, you know, do his speech or whatever, they're going to run a videotron of his accomplishments and it's just going to say, played a lot. That's it. I was thinking about a Ginler and Thornton and, not Sean Thornton, and Joe Thornton, <laughs> players like that. They had that extra thing where you could, like, everybody kind of, you know, like Joe Thornton's maybe the best passer of a puck ever. Same with a Ginler. He, you know, an unbelievable passer of the puck could make things happen. Marlowe's thing is just, well, he never got a big injury, and he was always, you know, good enough. That's that's and just. He, and he was this fast. is the whole fucking, and <laughs> you know what this is this is the whole fucking Luongo Panthers fucking jersey and the rafters thing again. Don't DM me, Paul Campbell. By the way, I know what's going to happen. We're not getting to this again. But that's what Patrick Marlowe is to me. All right, yeah, you, you played a lot, but you were just lucky enough to not get injured. That's it. He's got nothing else on his resume. And I, and I, I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to dismiss it as nothing. It is something, but it's not Hall of Fame worthy to just 
you played a lot of games. He's got. I don't know. He's got two gold medals, Olympic gold. Oh, sh- all right, sorry. Can we fucking stop with the gold medal conversation for being a, a barometer for if you get into the Hall of Fame or not? He's Canadian. <clears throat> Canada should win the gold medal every single year. Yeah, but he's, they should. He's. They're not giving. They're not giving gold medals to Mark Borowiecki. Borowiecki, sorry, are they? It's not yeah, like you make it's it not onto like that the, Canadian it, team. You're probably going to win a gold medal. Yeah, but I'm you sorry, still you those still gold have, medals don't count. You still you know have what to, it is? You still like have to you, make that team. Like, though. No, no, shut up, <laughs> shut up. It's like it's like the fucking dream team in basketball. Oh, do you know Michael Jordan's got gold medals? No shit, he's got gold medals. Of course, he's got gold medals. Who the fuck are the Canadians playing against? There's one team who can maybe, who should maybe, give the Canadians a game every year, and that's America. I don't want to hear about Russia and Finland and Sweden. Yes, they have great players, but top to bottom. Top line, you fucking the Olympics. You get to the Olympics and fucking Jonathan Taves is your fourth line centre. Well, come on, <laughs> what are we doing? Can we, can we just you should have gold medals. Can we rewind it a bit? Can we rewind it a bit because I just want to. I want to do. We're gonna get some more maths in here, yeah. <laughs> so I'm fucking Carol Vorderman. On, on one side of your argument, yeah, your Patrick Marlowe has Olympic gold medals. Of course, he should have gold medals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other side of your point that you're making. Michael Jordan has gold medals. Of course, he should have gold medals. Yeah. And when when you're doing certain types of maths, yeah, you take away you have you have two sides of the equation. and You take away the bits that match. So we're taking away has gold medals from both sides. We're taking away. Of course, they should have gold medals from both sides because that was true of both players. So therefore, you've got Patrick Marlowe equals Michael Jordan, which to me says Patrick Marlowe is pretty good. The fact that you're trying to disprove my theory. <laughs> By using Michael Jordan. You brought up Michael Jordan. Yeah, but if anybody ever tries to make a case for Michael Jordan using gold medals, that's just stupid. That's the point. That's a stupid argument. But my... You make the case for Michael Jordan because he's Michael Jordan. He won six championships. That's the difference. He was He's the greatest player of all time. Of course he should have gold medals. Okay. He's on the fucking dream team with all the best players. Michael Jordan didn't win championships until the rest of the Bulls squad around him was filled in. He didn't come into the league, 84, 85, whenever it was, and then start winning straight away. He had to wait for Pippen to get there. He had to wait for, no, well, Rodman came halfway through, but you know what I mean? Like, the rest of that Bulls squad that won those six had to come in. So to... To deny Patrick Marlowe, I can't Marlowe's... fucking believe you're a Jordan truther. I can't believe it. No, I'm not. I'm not I trying to take anything it. away from Michael Jordan. I, I'm <laughs> not the one who brought Michael Jordan up. Although you know, I think he's a bit. He's bad. I personally think that um, Draymond Draymond, Draymond Green is a better player than Michael Jordan. Of is. course, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just saying the lack of Stanley Cups is not Patrick Marlowe's. Fault, and I think for a player in his but position, not, all right, all right, I right, yeah, but I'm not talking about Stanley Cups. You have to have something. Joe McGinley yeah. doesn't have a Stanley Cup. Joe Thornton doesn't have a Stanley Cup. They will go in because they are regarded as they are two of the best five passes of a puck the world has ever seen. That's why they will go in, not just because they played for a long time. They did, but they also had that thing. If Marlow had that something, I don't know. Maybe all right, fine. If he if he was in the conversation, I don't know, I'm just thinking of something for fucking Selkies every year or something. All right, at least you can make that that point. He was, you know, okay, played loads of games and he was a fucking unbelievable defensive forward. Okay, fair enough then. I can, all right, 
I can kind of go with that. Add those two things together, all right, maybe. I just... I'm, I'm utterly fuming that I'm having to fucking make this argument for Patrick fucking Marlowe of all fucking players. But, like... <laughs> he... <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that, like, the number of games he has played should be taken into account because it is an achievement. It is an achievement. It is. It's a hell of an achievement. And it is. when you combine it with those gold medals... For me, that being on those Canadian Olympic teams, yes, you could argue it's a gimme to to be that they're going to get a gold, yeah, or at least get a silver and get to the get to the middle the gold medal game. But what? Why are they guaranteed a gold? Because they have really fucking good players on that team, and if you're on that team, by by fucking association, you have to be a really good player. A good player will. You keep saying good. Hall of Fame shouldn't be good. Hall of Fame but, should be elite. But if you or like, <laughs> okay, all right. amazing. So surely you are relatively you're you're knocking on the door of elite if you are part of the gold medal winning teams twice in your career, and you play hundred million games in the NHL. Like that's that's an impre- a very impressive career for Patrick Marlowe, and should be a Hall of Fame thing. One hundred percent should be a Hall of Fame thing. When you've got when you've got goddamn fucking Pat Verbeek going into the Hall of Fame and shit like that, was it Pat Verbeek? No, it was fucking Guy Carbono. When you've got Guy Carbono going into the Hall of Fame and you're saying, mm, Patrick Marlowe, nah, that's fucking mental to me. Dude, I keep saying, I, I agree with you. There shouldn't be a Hall of Fame every year. If there's no players <laughs> that year who qualify and who are good enough, then you don't have it. And Patrick Marlowe should qualify. No, he shouldn't. We're not going to agree on this, but he absolutely should not. How can you? Just how can just you say he, that? Just because, just because he didn't get injured a lot, he's allowed to. He's allowed to be in the same fucking hall as Mario, Bobby Orr, Gretzky, Eisenman, fucking whatever. Just because he. Now, this is something we have mentioned before. There should be a separate something, and I'm, I've mentioned before someone like Zetterberg who got drafted fucking seventh round or something and went on to have a great career. You could argue, just based off points and that kind of thing, he's not a Hall of Famer. I would argue probably he was. Maybe there should be a separate, okay, you're in the Hall of Fame for this reason. And Marlowe would, you know, it's like, a, you know, look after yourself, take care of your body, do all the right things, eat well, don't fucking go crazy, and you can play for forever. If you do the right things and look after yourself, in the same way of like Zetterberg, okay, doesn't matter where you get drafted, work hard, try your best, do what you're told, play the game the right way, you could maybe win a cup. It's it's right there, and I think that maybe should be something like that. But like I said, we're not going to agree. We're just not going to agree on this. I get it. We're not. I know we're not. For me, he's. I mean, he's absolutely borderline at best. At best. Yeah. 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 We like you say. We can't. We can't go over it again and again. But that's. That's a madness to me. That's an utter madness. <laughs> and I, As always, I feel myself being on an island already. <laughs> please, please hear me that I don't think uh, Patrick Marlowe is the best player that's ever played the game. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Oh, don't looking. worry. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna clip this all out. I'm gonna talk to the editing team and get them to clip all the bits where you compare <laughs> Patrick Marlowe to Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm gonna spin it a certain way. No, I don't care if he's won Stanley Cups. He's got gold medals. <laughs> yeah. 
the best oh, Canadian me. player in human history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Oh, dearie me. There was also quite a lot happening this week in regard to the Vancouver Canucks, which became a whole fucking circus onto itself after JT Miller did something that he gets an immense amount of credit for, which is always one of those things that's quite funny, that JT Miller said, well, we've all had this cardiovascular disease and some of us have been on IV drips and some of us are worried about our children being affected and our unborn children being affected. And we don't think we should play. And everyone went, oh, what a guy. How brave speaking out about that. Well done. Well done, JT. But fucking credit to him because the Canucks management and owners and sh- didn't say shit. And it was only because JT Miller said what he said that the league, as fucking always, had to bow to peer pressure and do something about it. And their do something about it was, okay, how about two more days? I was like, all right, fine, we'll fucking take it. That's, you know, <laughs> great. It's like the whole fucking, um, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Just carrying us normal. Nothing's going to happen. Every single player comes out in front of a fucking bunch of cameras. We'll probably do something, actually. I think we're going to do something. Okay, yeah, thanks. Great. We'll take that. But fucking hell, that was just nuts. And then just to just to show you, as I've told this a million times, just to show you all how fucking stupid and dumb hockey is, the Canucks then, <laughs> then win both their games back against the best team in the North Division. Yeah, it's, it's what can you even say that as like a fucking topsy turvy world that we live in, isn't it? And now they they're going to go on an absolute tear and uh, end up making the playoffs because I think they can still uh, <laughs> they can still make the playoffs, can't they? Yeah, they're not mathematically out. They're not mathematically out, <laughs> and that's the best kind of not being out that you want to be. Yes, mathematically, you're you're well in. Yeah, absolutely well in. What? So what have we got left? I'm just having a little look at the old, uh, the old calendar. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> I mean, there, there are a lot of comparisons that you can draw between the two gyms in that, uh, in that joke there. I think. <laughs> Fair point. I can't remember what the character's name in Dumb and Dumber is, but yeah, if you chuck Jim Benning in there, that's probably uh, probably the same geezer, isn't it? I think the guy in Dumb and Dumber is maybe a bit smarter than Jim Benning. Just. To- I don't think the character in Dumb and Dumber ever headed out one of those contracts that we always like to talk about. So, they're delaying the playoffs so that the Canucks... Yes, the North Division's going to finish later than anyone else. Which is odd and problematic, to say the least. Which, as as we'd said, not last week, the week before, it does kind of make sense because there would be ramifications for those other clubs that are going to make the playoffs if they don't have their opportunity to play the Canucks. Yeah, you've got seeding in the playoffs to work out, this, that and the other. I can understand why teams would want to see out the rest of the schedule with the Canucks, but it's you're you're already running the risk of, you know, we've got a condensed schedule as it is, you know, allowing for a very thin margin of error when it comes to things like a COVID stoppage in the playoffs for whatever it might be. You're then going to up that risk factor again by, I think it's three weeks they're delaying the, delaying the start of the playoffs by. Is that about right? I can't remember the. Um, is, it, is it three? I don't. To be fair, I didn't hear that. I just heard they were extending the season a little bit, but well, I didn't hear how long it was going to be extended. So the, the playoffs were going to start until. Looking at the Canucks schedule now, their last game would be against Calgary on the nineteenth of May. Um, Dude, their schedule's fucked. Are you looking at it now? It's fucking, fucking it's insane. It's absolutely mental. It's four four games a week from here on out, which is 
including basically a back-to-back every week. So many four and threes, five and fours and stuff like that. It's five and... <laughs> four and fives. Three and fours, four and fives. <laughs> yeah, they're having to play two no games just a day. <laughs> the Canucks are scheduled for a back-to-back-to-back, a 12 o'clock puck drop, a 5 o'clock puck drop, and an 8 o'clock puck drop on Saturday. The th- <laughs> <laughs> it's madness. But yeah, they're, they're playing an unhealthy number of games, which doesn't just have... <laughs> In the last week of the season, they're playing the Calgary Flames four times. Their next four games are against Ottawa. It's like that has ramifications for the other teams too. Yeah, they're playing one day on one day off against against centers for the next seven days. And yeah, that last that last week from the thirteenth to the nineteenth of May. You oh got my god! The Flames day off. The Oilers. The Flames day off. The Flames. The Flames. It's just like they're doing four and seven against the Flames and chucking in an extra game against the Oilers as well. So like, what do we? Does it really have to be done like this for a? They're play, so in April they're playing the twenty second, the twenty fourth, twenty sixth, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and then May they play the first, third, fourth, sixth, eighth, tenth, eleventh, thirteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Oh my god, it's crazy, isn't it? It's fucking nuts. It's fucking nuts. Eleven days. As off I in said, the next I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as I said, this is all coming off the back of the worst kind of COVID variant. That players said that some of the players said that their wives had had it and were fucking ill, and they just. I mean, what, what, what are we doing? Now, fucking JT Miller has to has to come out and say, at the moment, you know, we don't care about hockey. I generally, you know, we we don't care about hockey. We've got wives, girlfriends, and kids and family members that are sick. Fucking this, you know, fucking who gives a shit who's starting in goal? Who gives a shit starting in goal next week? I fucking don't care. My wife's lying in bed, unable to move. And you're fucking talking to me about, oh, you've got this game up against the Leafs tomorrow. How do you think the airline's going to shake out? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't care. And I mean, not to get too doom and gloom about a deadly virus... But like we're still so early in the in the stages, like we're talking about long term post viral acquired disabilities, I think the term is. Yeah, basically lingering effects of the virus for many, many young, fit and healthy people. Are you telling me that you've been cleared to play from COVID? Yeah. And then you're immediately gonna go into the most grueling cardiovascular schedule of your athletic career immediately while you are still arguably recovering from it who knows what kind of ramification that's going to have on these players health like yeah the league the league doesn't give a fuck about cte and post-concussion syndrome like all right we've all we've all established that but we're seeing in real time how little care and attention the nhl has to players once they are wrung out and deemed no longer fit for purpose for the nhl what if what if Take the fringe players from the Canucks squad. I I can't think of any off the top of my head because they're fucking fringe players and that's how it works. What if none of them make the NHL again? Because, oh, he's lost a step. Or he doesn't have quite as much puff as he used to because he he had COVID and then he had to play 19 games in 30 days immediately afterwards and then his body never fully recovered from it. Whatever it might be, like... And yeah, like you say, the the knock-on that that has on the players' wives. 
or, or family or, or partners or children or whoever it might be in their lives that they need to look after who have potentially then been affected by or received the virus. Like you say, say somebody's wife has taken taken on the virus at the same time that the Canucks player has. Right, I'm recovered. I've got to go back to work. See you later. And I'm not just playing 19 games in Vancouver. I'm travelling all across Canada. And potentially picking up the virus again. So I can't look after I can't look after my loved ones. I can't help you look after the children when you're either recovering from the virus yourself or recovering from looking after me having the virus. It's a f- it's it's criminal. It's utterly criminal and really exposes the flagrant sort of disregard of labour laws in the CBA. Mate, I couldn't agree more. I think that you've put it fucking perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. Yeah, sorry, a bit, that's, bit that's, of a rant the, there, but like, fucking hell. No, mate, that's, no, you're, you're fucking bang on, mate. It's the, you've hit the nail on the head, and that, that was the thing that, this was something that nobody was, and I didn't think about either. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I thought the same thing. I didn't think about it, but you're absolutely right. These players that have had to come in, I mean, fucking Tyler Myers has played 53 minutes in the past two games. Travis Hamanek's played, I think, about 48, 49. Quinn Hughes has played 46, 47. And this is the team that's just come off the worst strain of the worst cardiovascular disease we've seen in this country, for seen in this in this world in decades, maybe ever. So when when Quinn well, Hughes doesn't reach his potential, let's um yeah don't don't be surprised. Thirty minutes, yeah. thirty minutes in that first game. Yeah, first game back. Tyler Myers played this. Yep, 30 minutes that, he played, first game back. That's criminal that's all the way nuts. down. NHL, Canucks organisation, and then that's fucking Travis Green for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, why you'd, you'd rather win a single game than ensure the health and safety of your own fucking players? It should have been should have been 15 minutes across the board for him. Should have had a fucking stopwatch. Geezer on the bench. Bam. Tanner Pearson, you've hit your 15. Off you get, off to the training room. Change of rooms. D-men, oh, you've hit your fucking 20. Off to the change of rooms. See you later. Yeah, let's quickly talk about something else that's a bit, little bit disgusting. <laughs> Rumours about Tony D'Angelo going to Montreal, which we did discuss last week because we had all the uh, the trade bollocks to get into. But I thought he deserved a little bit of, just a little bit of play on both sides. What the fuck are the Habs thinking? And B, his idea is that he's just going to Sit out because the idea was that they were gonna the Rangers were gonna buy him out, weren't they? Terminate his contract and then yeah. he could go and play wherever he wanted as a free agent. And he said he wants to wait until the end of this season and then see what shakes out. Could you imagine him in that market, the way that the Montreal media are? What 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 are they thinking? I th- I, th- I think Bergevin's looking at his top four and thinking, yeah, I could do with another good D man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as we've just dis- as we've just discussed. Ultimately, what it is like why. What Mark Bertrand's not the PR man for the for the Canadians. Yeah, you might have to field questions from the reporters, but then he can just pass the buck and say, "Oh no, it's um, well, not not pass the buck. He's already fucking signed him." But he can just say, "Look, he's a good, he's a good player. We like good players in our organization. We believe in second chances. Tony's done everything that we'd expected him to. Blah 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 blah." And then we what? believe in fourth chances. Yeah, <laughs> fucking too right. Okay, so he, that's why he wears seventy-seven. So he has seventy-seven chances. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Okay, now did they sell 
do they sell pillowcases in Montreal? I'm sure they do. <laughs> I would I'd imagine they do. I would imagine they do. You know, because obviously, you know, he's going to want somewhere to sleep that's nice, isn't he? So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, you want to get a good night's sleep. He does. You know, and the best thing to do is just to, if you cut two holes in it as well, yeah. like maybe the size of kind of like eye holes, what you yeah. can actually do is, and it actually adds a bit of ventilation to the pillow. Yeah, so it, it doesn't help you get a really absorb nice all sleep. the sweat and stuff while you're sleeping. Yes, so it, yes. So breathes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be a good, nice, soft fabric too, because it, it's going to be on your head. I mean, your head's going to be on yep. it. Uh, you've got to, you've got to ensure that it's nice and comfy to wear and on a cold, dark night when you're burning crosses. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah. And you should obviously carry a a, a kind of a flaming torch as well because it's going to be cold. So you want to sort of stay warm if you're outside. You know, so. the, there's a great new design for like increasing the uh, like luminosity or whatever the word for that is. Of your of oh, your okay. flaming torch, yeah. You, you want it to be as tall as possible, and then like an extra little bit to sort of spread out to the side to increase like the the sort of area oh, that you okay. can cover. Do you okay. know what I mean? There yeah, goes out like a like a cone or a cross kind of. That I'll makes sense. Yeah. Of, yeah. of course, he was going to come back to the NHL. <laughs> of, of course, he's going to surprise, and of course, somebody's going to someone because it, it was always going to come down to to need. You know, there was going to be a general manager out there that would look at their squad and think we need a right-hand D-man who in the past has been good at generating offense. And that's exactly... You know, it's crazy though. Even if, and bear with me as I I say this statement, please bear with me. Even if you forget all his off-ice stuff and you're a GM, he still fucking fights his own teammates all the time. (laughs) It's not even the case if you could say, yeah, but that's all off ice. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, well, on the ice, <laughs> he's still a gobby fuck who has to get lamped out by one of his teammates because he won't shut the fuck up in the dressing room. So he's going to ruin your dressing room culture as well, <laughs> let alone all the other shit. Oh, God. It's fucking, fucking ridiculous. And I, I, I can't believe that we never saw, well, haven't yet seen Slava Voinov come back. And if, I, if I'm Slava Voinov... I, dude, we, yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Mate, we were convinced he was coming back. If, if I see Tony D... If I'm Voinov and I see Tony D coming back to the NHL, I'm fucking fuming. And and quite frankly, if Voinov wasn't Russian, if he was Canadian, if he was fucking Steve something, he's back in the NHL, isn't he? Yeah. The only reason Voinov... He's not even Canadian. If he was American. If it, yeah. The yeah, yeah, fact oh, yeah. he's Russian, I think. Yeah, if he was anything but Russian, he'd be back in the NHL. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's, it's that age-old thing. I'm I'm not surprised, but I'm still fucking disappointed. <laughs> it's so true. All right, last couple of really quick things. Ian Mendez, Senator's beat writer for The Athletic, had a got a lot of uh, backlash this week from fans after he said he'd be cool with the Toronto Maple Leafs winning a Stanley Cup. And I... I mean, I, I forget a lot of the time that apparently Ottawa and Toronto are rivals. I Yeah, are they? Okay. In the same way that fucking, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of two teams that are not really... The same way that Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. At least Pittsburgh and Philadelphia oh, have something. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's more of a... Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, and that, I laugh that, at that rivalry all the time. Ottawa, but Ottawa-Toronto? Ottawa-Toronto, oh. I'd say that's more like uh, Rangers-Devils. Yes. But yeah, when, when the Rangers no, even were good that, at least. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, but still. Light, lightning, you... uh, lightning Panthers of years gone by. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, fucking Alcens fans. I mean, Christ, why, why would you care if Toronto win the cup? Why would you care? You you ain't winning it, so fucking who gives a shit? Just look after your own team. Fucking you, don't worry about anyone else. You shouldn't care even if you do win the cup until fucking Melnick's like, on stage. Sens fans aren't going to care if they do win the cup, so... Ain't going to solve their ultimate problems, so... Uh... Nope, not at all. And then the last thing was, and I... Like I said, I, I've said before, I try to not listen to too much hockey podcast or anything because I don't want it to affect what we talk about on the show or kind of how the conversation goes because I don't want to think of something I've heard on a show, like throw it in and then somebody listening thinking, well, I heard that on another show already. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sometimes you can't avoid it. Obviously, there's things you have to talk about every week that you can't avoid that everyone's going to talk about. But I do listen to 31 Thoughts now and again. And this is tough. This is tough. Because it's not really Mariko Friedman's fault, but I hate the question section at the end of 31 Thoughts because it's so soft. I'm just, it's, it's so bad. And, and Mariko and Friedman are like, they're like hockey uncles. Not the uncles that touch you, like the good ones. But if you, so <laughs> if you quickly scroll through the Twitter comments, so Mariko throughout is, oh, you know, recording a show this week, use the hashtag Ask31. There's some really, really, Really good questions on there that I always think, oh, wow, that'd be, yeah, I'd love to know that. That's fantastic. It's like a few last week were, all the talk was about how the Ducks were going to be sellers. And that was all everybody was talking about. And then they didn't. They ended up acquiring. Why did that, why did that really kind of happen? Another a good one was, isn't a three-team trade kind of a cap circumvention, which is not allowed? Which I thought was a good question. Okay, I don't think it is, but I would like to know, Okay, here's why it's definitely not, and here's why you can. And that's, well, that's kind of cool. You know, these are good questions, and there are good questions every single time. Because I always, I kind of read those comments from that tweet from America, and I think, oh, yeah, this would be cool. This would be, I'd like to see if this gets asked or this gets asked. And then the questions are always stuff like, oh, hey, Elliot, what's your favorite Sunday roast condiment? And I'm like, oh, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> they're never going to discuss certain things. They just, they're not going to discuss those issues that we talk about because they probably are not allowed by the corporate overlords who look after them. I understand that. And they want to keep their job. I get that. But it's always along those lines, you know. Oh, what's your favourite Sunday roast condiment? What's your favourite letter? Oh, fuck it. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <It's a favorite laughs> yeah, no, you think, oh, these questions are terrible. Come on, guys. <laughs> that, that is it, though. And I think there there is um, there is benefit to... Uh, I mean, crikey, we, we can't... You know, people in glass houses and all that for unre- un- not hockey related content to to be fair to a pod like like 31 thoughts where like you say it is a, it's a corporate podcast it's no different to like any of the team team sponsored ones or like the nhl sponsored ones or like the other the nbc one like obviously a little bit different it's not quite pure proper propaganda or whatever but they do still have like you say editors and overlords to answer to so there is going to be a limit on what they can and can't discuss and to their credit getting out the adjacent unrelated nonsense through questions user you know uh, listener questions is the only way they do it because they don't by and large you know don't spend the first <laughs> half an hour of their podcast chatting absolute breeze about fucking anything you know it's normally <laughs> straight into it a couple of minutes on a uh, on an advert for a truck and fucking away you go but yeah you you are, you are right it, like i think i think because it goes they for, specifically because they specifically ask for questions, that's why I think. Yeah, but there's been, there was really, really good questions there. Yeah. Things that you could talk about. That, that's that's your problem, though, Dan. Like you're looking at 
the alternatives. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't yeah, don't go looking for the comment sections or the hashtags where you're allowed to put questions to to anyone. Like, yeah, be it a podcast, be it like a panel that you're watching, a YouTube video, fucking whatever. Don't look at the alternatives because then there's always going to be something that you'd rather see that then doesn't happen and it hampers your ability to appreciate it because you're constantly thinking, oh, well, I wish they'd done the thing that I wanted to be done. You're right. It's my own fault, but some of those questions... <laughs> That's so funny. What what is your favourite letter though, Dan? My favourite letter is probably I've always been partial to a J. <laughs> ah, happy four twenty to you, sir. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I can't go with an X. That's too obvious. That's too like that's try hard. An X is a try hard letter. You just like, oh god, you got an X. Like, come on, what are you doing? That's nuts. Says, says, I can't believe says, I'm says the straight edge. So what's your favourite letter? Well, yeah, exactly. That's why I can't pick it. It's too obvious. I can't pick an X. I've got an X on the back of my hand for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's there permanently. I can't like. I can't pick that. It's too obvious. I, I was gonna say, and I, I would normally say, my fa- my favorite letter is K because I, I do like a oh. K as like an alternative. It's it's got all the features of an X without being the obvious choice of an X. But I like it. Im- Im- immediately on the back of a of a Tony D'Angelo conversation, I feel like if I then say. I'm definitely I'm definitely coding something in there if I say my favourite letter is K. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to go I'm gonna have to go with I don't know, a G. G's pretty good. Like a like Yeah, a, G's alright. See we none see none neither of us have gone for the obvious, which is which I like. I like. If you could if you come out and said S, that'd have been the end of the show. I couldn't we couldn't talk after that, Will. I'm sorry. <laughs> why why couldn't I say S? It's like just it's just so obvious. It's picking O S R T. Shut up. Come on. R's a good backbone. one. R's a good one. What's the <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say S is your um your Conor McDavid of letters though. That's not like, <laughs> I'm I'm talking like your your X's and your Z's. That's your If you go for Z, yeah, Z's fucking cool. Of course it is, it's a fucking Z. That's pretty cool. Again, it's too obvious though to me yeah, though. That's, that's, what I'm that's what, if you what's the uh, What's the fucking What's the Patrick Marlowe of letters? Patrick Marlowe, I'm fucking no, nah, I'm nah, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not. Go on. I'm, no, because because it's going to take us twenty minutes. I'm going to get far too emotionally invested in what is the Patrick Marlowe of letters, and it's not fucking. <laughs> it's not good for anyone at all. Oh Christ! No, I'll tell you right now, it's F. F is the Patrick Marlowe of F, letters, nah, in my opinion. <laughs> See, I nearly got you in then, didn't I? Nearly wheeled him nah, in then, folks. The, the answer's A. A is the most overrated letter. Yeah, I'd go with that. I'd go, yeah, I could go with A. Yeah, A's definitely overrated. I can go with that. That's uh, that's fine. <laughs> before I before I go nuts and ask you, what is your favourite Sunday roast condiment? We'll get out of this, shall we? It's, um, it's obviously gravy. Bread sauce is a good one too. Um, but I don't, I don't care what it is. If it's not stuffing, it's it's underneath it. Stuffing is the best part Absolutely, of, mate. of any dinner. Absolutely. Stuffing fucking rules. Everyone loves a good stuffing. All right. Hey, there you go. There we go. <sighs> fucking hell. Thank you, everybody. Will, any last words? Fucking absolutely not. <laughs> How can you finish on that? All right, take care, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. No, peace. Peace.